0: Life. I mean growing up in the Methodist Church and then my folks got saved and we went to a Pentecostal church and um, and you know I mean but it, and it was good don't get me wrong it was good but I, this is my struggle when I was I couldn't apply it on Monday Monday's still coming around I didn't know how to make it work whatever the preacher said on Sunday sounded good when I was in church but some of it was he might as well have been talking Chinese because I was like I, I'm not getting it I don't know. I don't know how to make that work for me. So, a lot of what I try to teach you is stuff that you can understand and go, I can do that. And we have found that as we make that the way that God is doing what He does, He's always good. You can apply those those truths and principles from the Word, and they work every time. So, let's get started. Let's get into this. we want to welcome you. If you're a guest here, make sure you stop by the Guest Center, and that's where you'll find these. They'll have these on your way out. You can get those there. There may even be some greeters that'll give you a few or hand you what you need, but uh, you can also get your free t-shirt out there, and uh, we have to get more of those. We, we've had so many guests lately that are coming, which is an awesome thing. Uh, I got to get with my t-shirt guy, and he's also the guy that made these, and everything else I need he makes, uh, <laughs> almost, I think. I think he's exclusively, the Lord uses him on all kinds of stuff, so it's pretty awesome. Anyway, this is the last in this series, and we found out this. We found out that not only do we have just faith in God, which is good. If you're a believer, you believe in God, we know that. We also know the enemy believes in God. He knows there's a God, but we have passed that. We have the faith of God, and that's what we've been talking about. That's what we've been learning and we started learning how the laws of faith work so that we could actually apply those things. We focused on a bunch about what we say. Life and death is in your mouth. And so we've talked about that. We talked about the woman with the issue of blood. We have went to the book of Mark for different things, but we're at Mark right now, 11, 23 and 24. This is Jesus talking. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, everybody say say, whoever says to Is he saying, say this to God or say it to the mountain? He's saying, say it to the mountain. Say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. Those things he says, those things he says, those things he says says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's why you hear me say we believe we receive when we pray, not when it shows up. And I gave you the example of even the, the dog I just picked up over a week ago the Lord blessed me with. And so, I mean, it's just been amazing and uh, how the principle of the kingdom works. Um, now, we've just come back. Now, this is just, Jesus had just, this is after he had cursed the fig tree, and he was teaching them how he did it. Don't you love that about Jesus? He's, they're with him. They're his peeps. They're hanging out with him, and he's going to say, here's how I did it, because they want to know inquiring minds want to know so they want to know and he said here's how i do it but this is what happens most of us believers or even non-believers we don't get this we have faith and it's not the fact that we don't have faith it's the fact that we don't know what we have really or how to use it i mean if you're a dude and you've got a garage full of tools and you need a certain kind of tool but you don't know how to use it doesn't do you a whole lot of good to have the tool. I mean, well, it does if you have the tool and you find somebody that knows how to use it. But you've got to know how to use it. So we're look, you know, we've looked at the laws on how they work. So the issue, what I'm talking about here as we're getting to this, isn't really a faith issue. It's a knowledge issue. We acknowledge that we have faith in God. And now we are acknowledging that we have the faith of God. But now we have to figure out, okay, God, then show me how this works. Right after this, Jesus is with Peter, James, and John, the three musketeers. (laughs) Maybe the Bible, three musketeers, I don't know. But they're experiencing, and now you all know the story, the Mount of Transfiguration. They see Moses and Elijah and Jesus. They're transformed on this mountain, and there they are. I mean, this would be really cool. How many have ever been to? And I'm not saying you have to go to Disney World or really endorsing that. But have you ever uh, been to Disney and seen a hologram, or have you ever seen a hologram? You know, or if if you're a Star Wars fan, you know they hold that little thing out and the person comes up. Yes, you know, whatever. Okay. I mean, this is Peter James and John are seeing these. I mean, it's all happening right for them, right there. So they, they see Moses and Elijah and Jesus. They see the glory of God in a cloud. They hear an audible voice. So they're having this awesome experience. And then they come down from that. Matthew 17, 14 and 16, or 14 through 16. When they had come down to the multitude, a man came to him. Now this is just after this. You've got to understand. They have just went through the fig tree, the whole thing. Jesus tells them about the mountain. They see the transfiguration. They come back. This is Matthew saying this. A man came to him kneeling down. Saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic, suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, and that—that's kind of—I mean, I brought them to your disciples, uh, but they could not cure him. So I just want to cut to the chase. You see, when we read a book, sometimes we don't really know. We talked about texting. You know, I'm guilty of this again. Maybe because I'm a dude. Most dudes, maybe not. Maybe it's just me. My wife will be, did you put anything with that? Yeah, see, look at Jason. I'm like, no, I just gave him a thumbs up. That's it? You know, they could have said, hey, you know what? Hey, we had a baby. <laughs> I know how all that works. Get it? Yeah. Grow your family. woo Where's the cheeseburger? You know what I mean? So, I'm, okay. But she's like, no, you need to be like, did you put an exclamation point? Why? Because... So sometimes when we read I think sometimes we read it as if we you know it's hard to you know understand everything like the the emotion or the mood of what was going on but Jesus isn't really happy with these guys right now So I'm just cutting right down to it he's not crazy about but, you know this guy comes up and says I ask your your guys here they couldn't do it So we go down to Matthew 17, go down to 17 and 18. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Can you imagine? Just just bring him here. Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. So Jesus is hes just saying, I've showed you guys this. Whatever. Don't you hate it when your teenager tells you that? Whatever. Now, that's just my saying, but he's just like, just bring him here. And so he does. Now, the disciples wanted to know why they couldn't do it. And I think it's a good question. If you are a good student, master, why couldn't I do it? Mm, there is no try. Only do. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. Matthew 17, 19 through 21, disciples came privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to here, and it'll move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out by prayer and fasting, except by prayer and fasting. So we're just going to peel this back. I want to be extremely real here. They did believe Jesus had given them the power to cast out demons and devils. They have already done it they have seen it happen. It had already worked. If they didn't believe it, they wouldn't have asked the question. If they didn't think they could have, they wouldn't have been surprised when it didn't happen. I think they fully went up and said, and then it didn't happen. And they're like, well, no, wait a minute. That's almost like trying to light switch, and it doesn't work. You know, something has stopped the current. So they did have faith. Because they were surprised. They'd seen it before. Now some people say this. In church or out of church. If you don't get the right results, it's because you simply didn't believe. Or, you didn't believe hard enough. How about that? Or... You didn't have enough faith. However you want to slice it. Now I get that if there's an issue, it's on our end. I get that. It's not God. God, there's no deficiency in God at all. You have the same quality and quantity of faith that Jesus, Peter, John, Paul had. You have all that. They did believe, and they didn't get the results they were looking for. The ones they were believing for. So it's too simple to say, if you just believe, you always will see what you're believing for. We'll always see the healing manifest, always the relationships healed, always finances appear, or whatever. You do have to believe that is true. But there's more to it than just that. And that's what I want to look at this morning. They believed or they wouldn't have asked the question. Lord, we believe because it worked before, but why not now? All by using the name of Jesus, it had worked before. So they did believe. 1720, Jesus said to them, here's their answer, because of your unbelief. So he answers the question, unbelief. He did not say, because of your little faith. The NIV says, little faith. That's how the NIV puts it. But you can't take that version on its own, and I'm going to explain. I want us to look at the rest of the conversation. See, that's what happens when we want something that we just want. We'll just grab this little thing and go, that's it. But there's more to it than that. That conversation was involved in a whole nother thing. How many understand what I'm saying? The twenty through twenty-one, Jesus said, "And because you're unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say this mountain move from here to there; it'll move. We've went through that; nothing will be impossible. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting." So the rest of the verse is saying that your faith, even if it's as small as now, he's just using an example A mustard seed. That's always trying; to, he's trying to make a point here. He's trying to give you a visual. A mustard seed is smaller than a sesame seed on a hamburger bun. That's how small. And Jesus is saying. That ain't it. Because if it's that small, you can save to a mountain. And remember, you have the same measure, same quantity, and quality of faith Jesus had. Let me also point out that the NIV version, this is why we've been doing the King James and the New King James, just for this study, because the NIV totally leaves out 1721. It's not even in there. Then he put it in. Now, I'm not King James only. I don't talk in however thee, thou cometh, thou come here, hither, yon. I remember one of the first positions I had as a youth pastor and associate pastor, the pastor said, they asked him if he got any cheesecake. And and that's the first day I've ever met him. And he said to the person, I partook of some. I thought, oh, man, I'm in trouble. Because I don't have any kind of lingo that partook of anything like that. (laughs) I mean, I'm just like this down-home boy that's just like, hey. But we got along real well. Anyway, so I'm not King James only. I like the NLT. I like the New King James. I like the Message Bible. I like the Amphalide Bible. It's a little loud, but I like it. (laughs) Uh, I like the Living Bible. I like the Passion Bible. I even like the NIV. I'm just letting you know they omitted that whole verse. It's not even in there. I'll quote from all of them. But listen to what I'm trying to tell you this morning. The reason wasn't lack of faith being present. They had faith. We've established they had faith because they've already done it. So it's not that their faith wasn't present. What was present was unbelief. Do you understand that the enemy plays on your senses in the natural world? You're you're seeing, you're hearing, you're smelling, you're tasting, you're touching. I don't know what they have dealt with before, but they hadn't dealt with anybody like this boy. Not that way. Falling into the fire and all that. So the circumstances, the natural is making a decision. And it's affecting the supernatural. Are you with me? Let me make it even a little more clearer. I've used this illustration before, but I did it one Sunday. I took a two-by-eight, two two inches thick, eight feet long. John, you know what that is. might explain it to Dad later, but you know what that is. (laughs) No, Dad knows what it is. (laughs) So, so, you know, and I put it up on the platform, and I had this stud of a kid. I mean, he's an athlete of a kid. I said, walk across that. And he just like... Teenagers are cool because now he's up in front of people. There could be girls watching. So now he walks with a swag. Almost a John Wayne strut, you know. But he walks across. I said, so that's good. His name was Nick. Run across that. He ran across it. Hop on it. He did it. Skip. He did it. Had the ushers bring up two chairs. Put that two by eight. Put a chair here and faced it that way. Put a chair there, faced it that way. Put it on there. I said, step on that chair. And I want you to walk across that. He said, you are crazy. (laughs) And this is what I said. I said, same board. Different circumstance. It affected how he viewed that board. And the ease of walking. Are you with me now? Faith can be negated, diluted, counterbalanced by unbelief. Because there are opposing forces. Kind of like a tug-of-war. If the sides have balance, and you've you got faith on one and unbelief on the other, and you're just struggling, that flag in the middle doesn't go anywhere. Nothing is happening because it's at, a, it's at a dead stop. They counterbalance each other. Faith, little faith, as a mustard seed, is enough to move a mountain, and you already know you have the same measure of Jesus. It's not faith that you have an issue with. But faith, if it's pure by itself, is just amazing. If you have unbelief, it stops and doesn't allow things to move and to work. When you get born again, remember you've been given the measure, God's measure. It's not diluted. It's not polluted. It's perfect. It's the faith of Jesus, the same quality and quantity. The raising from the power of dead faith. But you have to acknowledge you have it. Because you can't release if you don't know it's there. You can't call something if you don't even know you got it. You can't really make it do anything, can you? You have to hear, speak, and act. You got to get past the natural realm, your five senses. What is God telling you? What is your? The Bible says in Romans to be led by peace. I don't care what it looks like. I'm just speaking not just to you. I'm talking to me. Past your five senses because the enemy will use that to try to negate and to counterbalance your faith I don't see this ever happening. I don't see this ever working. I don't see these bills ever. I don't see this I don't see I don't see this ever going away. I don't see this myself getting healed your unbelief is is negating It's putting you in the neutral zone so to speak It's not that you don't have faith But now you're at a war If I had a scale One side said faith, one side said unbelief. We typically measure everything by our faith side. That's how we're taught in church. Your faith needs to grow. You don't have enough faith. Your faith is just not, you know. And so we measure all that way. One side's faith, one side the other. I must not have enough. I just can't seem to do it. I'm just not like you, Jesus, Paul, Peter truth is this you already have more than enough faith you need if you even had the little mustard seed and you do so you already ha- faith is having it's not the issue if you're born again you got it it's the unbelief side is more favored than the faith side your understanding needs some clarity when you understand what we're trying to teach here then it's kind of like you i feel like that what's the guy on the minions grew (laughs) mind blown it'll just all of a sudden you'll be like oh if you could see past and see what happens there's a story of a woman who used to just complain about the people across the street she'd look out the window and say oh my goodness all that woman does is hang up dirty laundry she hangs up her laundry it's not even clean. how embarrassing and her husband went out and Found out the window was dirty. <laughs> Cleaned off the window and the, the laundry was as clean as anything. But that's a good... Of what, we look at things through our own filter. And Jesus is saying, listen, cut this thing away. You see, the disciples had faith, but they also had unbelief. You have got to pull the plug on unbelief. It's much easier trying to, to <laughs> then build your faith, because you already have it. It's perfect. I can't add to the perfect thing God gave me, but I can help my understanding, and I can pull the plug on unbelief. You need to drain it. I could, I could imitate a Michael Jackson song. Drain it. Just drain it. Ooh maybe i shouldn't do that <laughs> you that are watching online i'm sorry <laughs> i apologize for that <laughs> and i should <laughs> but you got to pull the plug on unbelief you got to drain that if i was barney 5 i would say nip it in the bud nip it you got to get rid of that abraham was i love this he was fully persuaded not just kind of convinced but fully convinced. In other words, he's not doubting at all. Fully persuaded is just what it says. There is no doubt. I am totally bought in. It even says that Abraham considered not his own body because he was old, past childbearing time. He believed God, no matter if Sarah was 90 and he was 100. That's why his faith worked. It's not like, oh, God's going to just... He's going to just do this for Abraham, but he won't do it for for Brad, or he won't do it for Kim, or he won't do it for... No, 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 no. Abraham is understanding this. If God said it, that settles it. If you don't believe it, it's not going to happen for you. Abraham drained unbelief. He didn't look at his five senses. I mean, when you're 100, you know if it's working or not. You know if you have a... You know, I can... Even just like, hey, I'm going to run to the mailbox. Maybe. Maybe it'll be a Tim Conway sprint. I don't know. But, I mean, he knows how old he is. If if God told you that he was going to give you a child, but you were old way past that stage, and if you're a dude and your wife has already been through menopause and all of that, or he flip it. If you're the wife and you've already been through menopause and your husband is like, Hello there. You know, and you're thinking, uh huh. <laughs> you would do like most of us, we'd become internet doctors. There's a lot of us in here. You know, let's just search the internet. It'll tell us anything on the internet's always true. And we'll become an internet doctor. <laughs> And then we would see stats on what's the oldest age, somebody can have a baby, or what's this, or what's that. And you know what that does? I'm just saying, I'm not telling you you don't need to know the truth, but really, this is the truth. This is where you're going to find all of your answers are in here. And if God said it, that settles it. If he told me, Brett, hey, when you get home, there's going to be a three-legged dog. You're going to call him Tripod, and he's going to be, (laughs) you know, I'd just go home. I'd be looking for the three-legged dog. Whatever, because if God said it, it doesn't matter. If I don't believe it, then we find out that's why things get negated. If you read internet information, most generally it's going to tell you it's not possible. It's impossible. We go back to God and tell him why it wouldn't work. That's what we do with, you know, oh, cast your care on Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Need you to take care of this, and we put it all in this briefcase and we hand it to him. Okay, it's right there by it's right by your right foot. Matter of fact, if you move your foot, you're gonna bump it. It's right. Well, if you're not gonna do anything, and we'll pick it up and we'll just take it back. And then we'll give God a hard time because he didn't answer our prayer. Are you sure, God? His answer will be: yes, my word is true. Our answer so many times is, God, it's just hard to believe. And I'm speaking to myself. But why is it so hard? Listen to what I'm trying to tell you today. It's not the easiest message to preach when especially you feel like you're preaching to yourself. Because if we allow ourselves to consider what's not God's, what's God say? If we consider anything besides God... Other options. What's our five senses tell us? It's going to go against our faith. It's kind of like petting a cat backwards. (laughs) Abraham said he considered those things not. He's well aware of how old he is. But God, if you said it. You know, I took stuff like this and when I raised my children... I can't say they did it perfectly, but to the best of my ability, I would tell them, we're gonna do this. We're gonna go to Cedar Point, or we're gonna go on a picnic, or we're gonna and Mallory, she's pretty smart. Those of you that are new, she was the worship leader. She's she was she's quick. She would say, Daddy, and she'd take that little finger and those little brown eyes, and she'd say, Do you promise? Because she already knew if Daddy promised, Daddy never breaks his promise he always keeps his promises so if i promised we were going and that's all she needed and the boys would say oh i don't know if we'll go i don't know and she said dad promised and the boys would be like okay well we're going mal's already got her stuff packed Abraham didn't negate his faith or counterbalance it by unbelief. He was so focused on the things of God, he didn't even think of why it couldn't or shouldn't work. He wouldn't consider the other option. Man, I could learn from that. We've been raised in an unbelief culture. We're supposed to consider every reason that something can't work and then try to combat it with struggling faith, and we wonder why we struggle. Because we are considering other ways that are not God's. He says, meaning Jesus, believe and don't doubt in your heart. Mark 11, 23, if you say to the mountain, we've read it a few times already, and you don't doubt. Believe in those things, he, will, he says they'll be done, whatever he says. See, the problem hasn't been a faith problem. It has been more unbelief. It's just big. It's too big. That's too much to pay. Or that, How's that going to happen? Who's going to do that? We have all those questions. How many knows it's risky to follow the Lord and the world's views? He can tell you to do things that are going against the grain. Seems like you're swimming upstream when everybody's going down. Because the ways of God are not the same as the ways of man. We all know people. We all have friends and know people that are always... Y'all believe God as long as it's easy, as long as it's convenient. They'll go to the dark side, if you will, the negative. They can find every reason that it won't work. It can't work. What's at stake if it doesn't work? The reason I say the dark side, only because of the quote from Darth Vader, I am your father. They're not your father. God is your father. Go to his side. They pollute their thinking with doubt and wonder why their faith isn't working. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Doubt and unbelief come the same way. What do you do with what you hear? I've got several guys on a mentor thread with me, and I've put that out to them. It's not just what you say, which is important, because the Bible takes down every idle word, every word. Every word. what do you hear what do you do with the words that come at you i told you me and pastor kim we're always saying no i break that i bind that and if you talk to me too long i'll say something stupid and then i'll say nope i bind that i break that because i just said something stupid (laughs) and i just don't want that to come to pass and you might say well you're just you're just getting carried away well then as long as god's carrying me away i'm good but i don't want anything to stop my faith from working I need to get rid of all unbelief. How? Brett, how? You might be the only one believing in your household. Maybe the kids are too small and your spouse doesn't believe or whatever. How do I get rid of it? The NIV left it out. I told you that. It's not even in their version. Matthew 17, 21, though, puts it in there. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. He told them, Prayer and fasting. Now, this has been interpreted almost all my Christian life as this type of demon doesn't go out by prayer and fasting. That's not what it's saying. The subject in the sentence was unbelief. The kind of unbelief only goes out by prayer and fasting. King James says only. The new King James says except. So this says the only way this kind gets gone. Now, this is Pebiology. <laughs> if you want it, here it goes. Prayer and fasting aren't for the demon's deliverance because you have the faith for that. Jesus' name and word are more than capable of that. Do you Do you understand that demons when he even walked towards them they would they would say what will you do with us? They already, you don't, you don't even have to announce when Jesus walks in the room and He's in you. When you go in the room, atmosphere changes. Come on, people. You're around, you know, your friends, maybe they're not like because you used to be like them and now you're different. When you walk in there, you are the God representative when you walk in there. It's not for the demons. It's for you to be able to use your authority that was given. So let me explain. you got just a few more minutes and we'll be done. Are you getting anything? There's three types of unbelief that I've marked down. Ignorance. You don't know what the word says, Romans 10, 17. If you're not hearing the word and you never get the word in you, it's not getting inside your belief system. So you just you're ignorant to it. I don't know anything about God. I never spend time with God I never read the word. I had a guy tell me one time. He said me and God got a good thing going on I said awesome. What is it? He said we just got one. I said well, you don't come to church. You told me you don't pray Tell me what this good thing you don't read your Bible How good is it? He's just he's bought into the enemy now, and again, I'm not getting on the religious side of do's and don'ts. You have to do all this thing, and boy, it's just all your duty. And we'll get into that, and we'll help you with that. I'm not talking about just a religious exercise, I'm talking about a relationship. So, ignorance the antidote for ignorance, guess what that is? Truth. I worked at Honda for over seven years so I could do what I'm doing now. So I was doing stuff while I was going to school and whatnot. And I remember telling a guy, we were, you know, an assembly line. I've shared this. has been a long time. But, you know, they just move. How many have ever worked assembly line? So much fun. Assembly line doesn't care what you feel, does it? No, they don't care. If you're sick, if you go to the bathroom, hold it. You don't. I mean, you don't have no choice unless somebody's going to relieve you. So, you know, at Honda, you'd come and you got to put a part on because that person's going to put a part on after you put a part on, and you had to put your part on after that person put their part So that's how that works. And so i got to get mine done. If I don't get mine done, he can't do his, you know. And so we're just working the line like this. i got a guy on the other side doing the same thing on the other side, and we're talking. And, and I'm a believer, and he's trying to argue with me. But this is what I'm doing. And I'm not going to let him take my piece. So I'm And I'm nice to him, and we are, I mean, these are people that don't know Jesus, but every time something would go wrong, they're like, can I talk to you at break? Because I know God hears you. And I'm not trying to belittle what they're saying. I'm proud that they think that. Truth is, he listens to them too. But they just thought I'm the only guy, you know, whatever. So anyway, we're talking, and he says, isn't it, a, isn't it something? I said, what? And he's working, and I'm working. He said, you know, when you die, you're just... You're just food for the worms. This puts you in the ground, you're just food for the worms. We're going like that, and I'm, I said, hey, that's, that's, that's something. He goes, isn't that cool? And I said, isn't that, it doesn't work that way, though, does it? And then I walk back, I get real quick, and I get back to the next car, and he's, now he's hurrying to catch up with me. What do you mean it doesn't work that way? I said, you know, the, the food for the worms thing, you know, doesn't work that way. But you probably know how it works. Back here, what what do you mean? How it works? Well, everybody gets to live forever, but you know that. So, this whole time, I'm like, Oh, I got one on the line, baby, but I'm not doing it because all I'm doing is pulling him in. So, finally, he says, What do you mean? And so, I get to tell him about Jesus, and we do that. You know, I'm working before the next break, so he's like two hours or whatever, and we get to talk. Did you know within the next few days I led him to Jesus? Matter of fact, got in trouble because they had to stop the line because we were backed up. Because he goes, I want to, I want to do this thing now. It wasn't break time. I'm like, Well, we'll be on break in 20 minutes. He goes, No, I want to do it now. Okay. So we did, and then so none of our parts were getting done. And we got in trouble, and, and, you know, of course, the guy was, he was just saved, so he goes, he did it! (laughs) I said, well, I was just praying with him. He said, you can't do that here at work. You do that in your own time, or do it at break time, you can't do it online. I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, not for what I said, but we'll be a little more conscious of the time. True story. So, all right, ignorance. Second, Doubt former types of unbelief wrong teaching i've been taught wrong a lot of my life how about you i wasn't taught how things really worked i was just taught oh well you know god's sovereign and uh, you can't ever well this is just how it works He, he might heal you he might not that's just how it is Well, that's not what the word says but i got taught all these things from growing up wrong teaching traditions doctrines of man that are contrary to the word you know I'll tell you, and I love my mother-in-law. She's back in the back back here. Woman can cook. I'm saying, when I met Kim and her mom started taking care of me, it was a God thing. (laughs) I mean, she was awesome. She's just always been awesome. She's amazing. But she was brought up in traditions and stuff, and I remember going to her house, and it was the first time, Charlotte, you ever wore, I want to say they were called culottes. Anybody remember culottes? They were like... Pants, wannabes, shorts, wannabes. If they married and had a baby, they'd be culottes. (laughs) And so I'm I'm pulling up. I'm coming to see Kim because I didn't let a day go by that I didn't have to see Kim. And uh, so I'm coming up there and she pulls me aside. She goes, my mom's in culottes. I said, "Uh, okay. She goes, it's a big deal. I said, it's a big deal. She goes, oh, it's a big because she grew up in church. Back in church, where you had to have your hair up, and you didn't—you had to wear—you couldn't wear makeup, and women did not wear pants because that was not of God. Do you know all that's men stuff? So she broke out of that. Her and Charles—they asked him to leave. He went to another church, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, and they said, "Well, we don't believe that here." And he said, "I guess I won't be going here." So anyway, she broke out of that. So sometimes we get wrong teaching. That's almost like, if you, had a, if you picture a chalkboard and they put all this stuff on it, and, and so you've been taught this way and then someone comes in and says, guess what, that's all wrong. I'm mean, make it even easier. When I met Kim, she loved to cross stitch. Thought cross stitching was for girls. But I loved her, and I thought, I want to do something with her that she's doing. So I said, I'm going to cross-stitch with you. <laughs> I have to be entertainment for heaven and entertainment for her. Because <laughs> she's like, really? <laughs> I said, yeah. And so we picked out this red farm in the country barn, kind of almost like that have a Coke and a smile picture, you know, kind of thing. And so I'm sitting there with her, and she's like, how are you liking it? Oh, I, I, I'm really, I'm like, oh, it's nice it's real nice i started on the wrong hole i did not know i started on the wrong hole till we had to change threads and i had for two hours i did this one thing and i was pretty proud of it but it was all wrong because it's in the wrong place and she goes i don't know how to tell you this but this all has to come out because you started in the wrong place i have never cross-stitched since (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's like when we have wrong teaching. It's like we have to erase what we've already learned and then put new stuff on the board and then try to get that in our system. It's almost like learning new math. Whatever. Long division. You know, some of the stuff I learned in math I have yet to ever use in my life. Why do I have to know pie? Never mind. I just like blueberry and cherry. I don't know. Okay, the last one for <laughs> this is natural, natural unbelief. It's, it's not ignorance or wrong teaching. It's just natural teaching. Now, listen, you pray for a person to be healed or them not to, to die or whatever the case is or this to go away, and it doesn't happen for you right away after you pray. They don't get healed. They don't start breathing. That doesn't go away. You'll naturally have a thought, and the enemy will make sure it didn't work. But if the enemy even isn't even doing that, just because you are a human being, it doesn't necessarily mean it's demonic. You just didn't see anything. Are you with me? So it's not bad. It's just natural. Because if you want to overcome it, it's, it, it's, it has to be opposite of what you prayed, or, or then you're like, I don't get it. Why didn't it happen? You have the promise of God. You have faith. Nothing has happened to change In the natural realm, remember when he cursed the fig tree, nothing changed right away. You couldn't see it right away, but it changed immediately underneath. And that's what you have to understand. There are things because you speak them and you exercise the faith that God put in there that change has already started. It is already happening. You don't have to see it because you're not governed by your senses now. You're governed by the spirit. Are you with me? See, sometimes that's where the scripture says prayer and fasting can be required. You might need that. You might need to get that, not for, the enemy isn't nearly at all as strong as God. I'm just saying this is for you. This is for the disciples. You could have went in there and not let, they could have prayed and fasted. It didn't matter what they saw and that guy would have been delivered like that. But they didn't because it worked on their outer senses. So Jesus is saying you've got to get those things under subjection. you got to remember you're praying to God that you can't tangibly see or hear. But as you walk with the Lord, you find out he not only listens, he talks back. He shares with you. You find success. In the natural, you have fruit because you've prayed and it happened in the spiritual. And it manifests itself in the natural. I told you uh, just last week, that's how I got the dog. I prayed, released in the, in the spiritual... And the dog shows up, that's how it happened. When you you fast, what you're doing or what you're saying and doing is saying, I'm not gonna live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Your body doesn't like fasting. My body doesn't like it. It's hungry and it wants fed, it gets mad. You get hangry. And you're going to want a snicker bar. But you got to tell your physical body who's in charge. Because you're led by the word. You're listening to God. I need to hear God on this. If this didn't happen, it's not because God didn't give me the faith. It's because somewhere in me, maybe I'm thinking counterproductive. Maybe I've, I've got some unbelief. Maybe I just need to subject some things to the Lord. Does that make sense? I know I keep saying that same phrase, but I just I, I need to try to make that clear. You got to tell your body who's in charge. You know, uh, our bodies are spoiled brats, aren't they? We get them every comfort we can as fast as we can. Now we don't know what to do if it doesn't have a remote control. I got a little heater in my office in the... Uh, Uh, home in my office at home where I do some study and stuff at home the remote the battery doesn't work anymore I remember sitting there going oh oh, man heaven forbid if I have to walk over and go (laughs) how many back in the day when there was no remote controls for your tv I was my dad's remote control bread get up there and change that channel and you know what we had my remote control looked like a pair of pliers and we had a TV antenna. You know, it hold just right. I get it. We've been spoiled. There's nothing wrong with comfort. But I think that what the scripture is saying, there's going to be cases where you're going to have to put a demand on your body and your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Listen, to talk to your spirit that is connected with God. Remember when I told you about The pipeline? We talked about faith, and we talked about unbelief, and we talked about that valve, and we have to open If you can get, you've got to get what you believe through your mind, your your thinking, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and through your body, because your spirit says you're already healed. I'm going to say that again. You have to get what God is telling you through your physical body, but you got to get it through your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and it'll, it'll manifest itself in your body because your spirit is already connected and says it's done. And that's when it manifests. That's when you see it. We live in a society where people are ruled by their bodies. You can watch a TV commercial. If you're hungry, they'll just say, feed your hunger. We have the meat in one commercial. You know, you got to rule over your body, bring it into subjection. Mark Lowry used to call his body the word, so if somebody, or his bed the word, so somebody said, hey, could you come over and help me? I can't, I'm in the word. <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but we have to get ourselves where we say, don't let anything rob you from what God is putting, or I don't take anything away from my wife. If she wants to spend time with God, I'm not going to deny her that at all because there's nothing more important than God. And she won't do that for me as well. Your body wants to rule, but your spirit needs to rule for you to win. And I'll say that one more time. Your spirit needs to rule for you to see the things you're believing for. And you have to get to your spirit through your thinking and through your body. Faith, or or, I, I put a couple of these examples, and I'm almost finished here. Pain, in the name of Jesus, you get out of my... I don't tell God about the pain. I tell the pain about my God. Pain, you get out of my body in the name of Jesus. If it doesn't instantly leave, and my body's going to say nothing happened, I'm going to tell my body it did happen, shut up. And I might say it again if I need to, but if not, if, I just, if my faith is like I said it once, I believe it happened, body... It's done. You have to submit. Your body is not trained, because if you say this, well, I'm, uh, and I've done it. So again, talking to myself, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna fast for forty days. Have you ever fasted for forty days? I got thirty four in, and then I've reasoned away why I should eat. It was either thirty two or thirty four, but it wasn't forty. I'm just, what I'm trying to tell you is, your body is going to respond the way it always responds, the way you've always acted. You're going to have to retrain your body to mind your spirit, because your body's going to say, what you talking about, Willis? (laughs) Who do you think you are? You see, it's been in charge for a long time. And I get it, when you're hungry, you do need to eat. I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying everybody in here needs to fast and pray. I'm just saying on certain things, it might do you good to to skip a meal just to see if God has anything to tell you. When you practice kingdom principles, Jesus is teaching your body has no choice. But to obey. See, I'm retraining. I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm believing I'm getting closer every day. Retraining. So when I pray and believe, people are be like, hey, when you pray, God, listen, I'm telling you because I believe He does. Not because I'm special, just because that's what His Word says. My understanding, my faith is just like yours, but my understanding of it is getting bigger so that now I can make it do what it's supposed to do. Stay totally focused. The Bible says this. The just shall live by what? Oh, if I go up here, they say get dark. The just shall live by faith. Live by faith. We're not supposed to just visit. We live there. You come to my house. I'm as ornery at my house as I am today up here. You will hear me say the same things at my house. My kids, they know me for who you see. I'm not two different people. Here's my reason. I've seen enough of that in my lifetime. Have you? I want to live by faith. I don't want to just visit. Because if I have to visit and then when I need it, it'll be too late. Let's say this and then I'm gonna pray for you. Maybe you have something big in front of you. If you were a sports fan and say it was a big game, you haven't played it yet, but I'm telling you, you've won it on the practice field. You want it on how you lived. There's people that will just be, oh, I'm gonna rebuke that. Now, where did I put my Bible? What was that word? It's too late. I mean, that's, I guess that's better than nothing, but if it doesn't respond the way you're fa- it, you have it, but it's too hard to get to. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads, please?